Hello, this is your life-changing podcast, Knowings, Spiritual and All Things Human. Renowned spiritual leader, visionary, author, and advocate for humanity, Mahatma Chris Griscom, answers crucial questions from around the world with her vast illuminated cosmic wisdom. Gentle and often humorous in her knowings, she includes her famed Exercises in Consciousness that help to bring the listener into a state of expanded conscious self-awareness, global focus, and participation. With each segment in the series, Chris answers three diverse questions to discover deeper aspects of who you are and how to find meaning and purpose in your individual and global realities. This is for you. Chris Griscom is the world's foremost expert on reincarnation. Her intensives of the Light Institute with themes of all things human are for people around the globe with the purpose of changing lives and helping the planet. Chris Griscom brings the gift of higher consciousness, accelerating the evolution of humanity and the world. Thank you for joining us for that part of our meditation. We have a second part. It's called Knowings. And people from around the world each week send in questions, conversations that they would like for us to explore together that will uplift us all. And so I will ask Allison to see what questions have come for us this week. Allison? The first question is from Galisteo, New Mexico in the USA. Question. How best to bring the hindsight is twenty twenty view into the present moment of choices and decisions? Mm -hmm. Is it the removal of blind spots so the best can come forward with innocence? Mm -hmm. Well, I love that this is a question from Galisteo, my beloved village. Uh, and it, it has really multiple aspects to it, but uh, I'll see what we can do. Um, first of all, when we talk about getting rid of blind spots, blind spots are those aspects or, or memories or energies that we don't see uh, what they are to us. Sometimes we don't see that... that uh, we should say we're sorry, for example. We don't see that it is ourselves that have brought something or that something, an experience that hasn't been good uh, is there. So blind spot is a place where we don't see our, our uh, perspective. We don't see who we are in this, in this arena, in this, in this scenario. And when we talk about if we could, if we could become conscious aware of our blind spots, that we didn't know this about ourselves, or we didn't see that aspect, that, that that would help us to make better decisions. It certainly would, uh, because not only would we uh, be able to release that pattern of, well, this is what happened to me, so therefore it's because of that. All of our justifications and the way we sort of mm, hide things, uh, to bring it into better decisions, and you use the word innocent. So I have a little giggle about that. And that is that there's nothing or no one that is, quote, innocent. Innocent means exactly the opposite. You know, the bliss of innocence, that you don't see the negative, you don't see the other things, so you just, you're just innocent of it. But, of course, we want to be conscious of it so that we're beyond our judgment uh, of it. And we just see it as, as we say at the Light Institute, what is the gift? 
What is the gift of every experience? That's how we use that awareness and that consciousness to make better decisions and better choices. But I also want to bring forward a very spiritual perspective here, and that is that even newborn babies are not innocent because they are fully developed souls who through the power of their consciousness and the infinite incarnations of their souls have chosen their parents, their race, their culture, their place on the planet for a purpose, for multiple purposes, in fact. And so uh, it isn't the innocence of it, it's the clarity, it's the consciousness that perceives the hologram. And seeing how cause and effect, karma, action and reaction comes into play, that helps us to really uh, make good decisions. Not because we're revisiting the past, but because we have illuminated the past with our 2020 hind uh, vision to see, oh, here's what was happening there. And, and uh, when we do that, that helps us to free that. We don't want to carry the past with us. It's simply to look at it not as something that the emotional body says, oh, this is why it's this way now, but rather to see what is the gift. I will use the illumination of that experience to help me to better choose uh, the paths that I take and the being that I am and how I walk through this world. And so uh, we don't have to be innocent. We, have, we want to be illuminated and and. And there is an aspect of that innocence that certainly belongs to us all, and that is the goodness, the goodness within us, our good intentions, our our heart-filled energies, the love that we give. And that is the closest that I could come to innocence, because it means that no matter what, we are good. Great love to you, Galisteo. I don't know who you are, but I love you. Allison, the second one. Well, actually, that question, I should tell you, is from a dear friend of the Sanctuary of Light and all of us here. A and dear friend of the Sanctuary of Light? And, and oh, she, well, and all thank of us. you, thank you. And she ended it with saying, thank you, Chris, for your elegant ways. Oh. And the second question is from Dundee, Scotland. Dear Chris, what causes the dimming of purpose in our lives? Is it because we are preparing to die or because we forget who we are? I am an older man and slowly losing interest in life. My zest for living is almost gone, and I'm wondering why. I'm healthy, clear of mind, have a large loving family and a dear wife. But I'm drifting away and wanted to connect with you to help understand this. My gratitude for your time and wisdom, dear lady. Mm. Oh my. I think what happens here is it sounds like you have a family, that means you have children, grandchildren, perhaps even great-grandchildren, as do I. Um, And so what happens in our lives as we go along is that um, all of the possibilities of who we could become, all the hats that children wear, I could be this, I could be that, begin to narrow down, and as we uh, begin to move forward in our lives, we really move that funnel of initiation smaller and smaller as we define who we are. I am this. I define myself through my work. I define myself through my chant, through my family, through my religion, through the place that I live, through my culture. We begin to put all these 
um, limitations from my perspective and upon who we are. And so what happens then is that we begin to see ourselves through the mirror of those around us. So your children and your grandchildren and even colleagues will think of you as an elder and they will reflect that to you. So they will maybe not say, oh, let's go climb a mountain, grandpa, you know, or something. And so you begin to identify yourself through them. So when you said losing the self, that's exactly what's happened, is that yourself has become simply a mirror of how everyone treats you or looks upon you. And it's up to you, and you can do it. Uh, you can amplify that. You can come back from that place. In Chinese medicine, we have an expression that says blood follows qi, which is life force energy, and life force energy follows blood. What that means is that to be connected, to feel excitement about life, you have to move your body. And uh, so it may be time for you to begin to, uh, if you're a little stiff, figure out how to get rid of that. Uh, if you have digestive problems or eye problems or, or joint problems or whatever, it's time for you to say, I am going to change that. Your body does not want to get old. It doesn't want to die. Um, we will all die, but my higher self says it's time for us to die, not in old age, not in accident, not in disease, but because we're finished and we can go home. You and I, we're not finished. We're not. And so I would say it's time for you to put aside and think about this a bit of how you see yourself through how the others look at you and change that. If they saw you doing a, a, a long walk, which I think probably maybe you grew up doing that. I always think of Scotland as being a place where you could do that. They would see you differently. Or if you suggested, let's all go for a walk or let's go for a picnic. So what I'm saying to you is that you it's time for you to reinvent who you are. Last year we did an intensive at the Light Institute, which was, which was called The Art of Self-Design. It's time for you to, to come about, about a new self-design. So think about things that do excite you. All you need is something else to do. And something else in the doing fills you with a sense of being. And so um, if you would begin to contemplate, you know, not necessarily the things you love to do when you were young, that seem like you're too tired to do them now, new things that you have never thought of doing. Uh, so begin to explore that. The world is full on television, on, uh, in, in audio, uh, in magazines, and everywhere is full of people doing new and wonderful things. You are not finished. You have given a gift, many gifts to this world. There are more for you to give. You're not too old to take care of animals or to care about the environment, to help people that need help. One of the things that my higher self says will always bring pleasure is the power of the giver. Think about how many ways you could support other people's lives with your love, with your wisdom, with your laughter, uh, there are so many ways. So if you will begin to contemplate reinventing who you are for your, for your sake and your body's sake, uh, 
Others will see you differently, and you will begin to have that juice again. It's there in you. And just a quick little exercise that we can do right now, exercise in consciousness. Close your eyes for a second. And now ask your body where it holds that juice of life, that excitement about doing something new or or feeling every day that you love to be in nature, you love life. Just imagine, where are you holding that kind of energy in you? You may have forgotten that it's there, but it is. You might see the place or hear it or feel it. Find it. And now, bring your conscious awareness to that place in your body and just imagine that you could prick it open, that you could open it up and that energy, that happiness, that excitement about life, about some new project that you have or or who you are, or you're being embodied, good body, you did that well, any of these things, that that energy is flowing through and it's stimulating the trillions of cells of your body right now. If you do this exercise every day, it will start to change you. And if you can imagine it's flowing through all your cells, take a deep breath into your body and imagine that you're sending this message out like a beacon to your family and out into the world. I am here. I love my life. Radiate that out and you will inspire others around you. When we touch others, our lives become full and happy. Close your eyes, open your eyes, do it again and again, and you will feel that it comes back because it's inside you. Your, your body, the mind of the cell, has not lost that energy. It's just that you've been disconnected for it. So um, I will think of you uh, reinventing who you are. Blessings to you. Allison, the last question is from Latvia. Latvia? Mm-hmm. Chris, I've heard you talk about repetitive experiences being addictions of the emotional body. Do you think the collective emotional body of mankind is addicted to battle, personal battles and global battles? If so, will you do an exercise in consciousness to help all of us around the world let go of this addiction of fighting each other? Forever, Chris, forever. Wow. I want to thank you for such a brilliant question a conversation that could begin to truly stop the battles and bring us to a new octave. So thank you very much for that. Yes, absolutely. And the same way that um, our emotional experiences and our emotional repertoire uh, is addictive because every time you repeat something, that has been a part of your emotional experience, it creates a biochemical release of energies within your body. Just as if you, just like being a little addicted to coffee or to alcohol or to, to anger or whatever. It is an addiction. It's a pattern. Addiction is simply in a pattern that is, is over, overriding you and causing you to look for a way to repeat that. That's what it is. So certainly, we are addicted emotionally, individually in our lives uh, to, to battles, whether they're uh, verbal battles or 
emotional battles or physical battles. We have them all the time. We see them all the time. Um, they, they seem to be a part of what it is to be human, but it's not true. And certainly, if you imagine the possibility that everything we do creates um, a residue, imagine all of the bodies in battles I fight for my king and country. That used to be something that that uh, was honored. And uh, we still think we have to do it. We haven't figured out that none of us will go into the future if we don't begin to realize that we are a soul family, all of us, no matter our religions, our gods, our, our, our place on the planet. We have to help each other. And this one of the things that climate change is helping us to begin to recognize, which is, what happens to you happens to me. So here we are, imagine all the bodies that have died uh, within the earth and have been laid to, to, uh, to decompose or whatever in the earth. There's a frequency there, and that frequency is still resonating. Uh, and I feel that the earth itself is lifting up, it's having volcanoes, it's having storms, it's trying to clear the imprint of human consciousness, negative human consciousness, away from the earth, now because it's so destructive. So, uh, if we, in our, in, within ourselves, begin to dissolve this uh, inheritance, we can change the world. Now, I wrote a book about this. It's called Psychogenetics, The Force of Heredity. And that psychogenetics heredity is just what you're talking about. What we have inherited from the thought forms, from the cultures, from the religions uh, of our forefathers and our foremothers, back, 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 to the experiences they had when you had to fight, or you thought you did, for your king or your country or your place, or your land, or your whatever it was. But with what we have today, we can't afford to fight anymore, because we will all just suffer from it. So I would like to do what I would call a pretty advanced exercise in consciousness, through which we will imagine that we can look upon our DNA, you know, a DNA is not something you have to find scientifically. You can look at it. It's inside you. Your consciousness can find it. So, And there's no right way to see it. So we're going to imagine that we can find the exact spot on our DNA where we hold the psychogenetic inheritance legacy of battles. And then we will ask our higher selves, as we did earlier in our meditation, to show us the brightest, most radiant white light and we'll laser it into that spot on our DNA and we'll dissolve it off our genetic encoding and then we'll dissolve it from our, from our cells. And that, whenever you do something like that, whether you think you're imagining it, you are creating a shift. You're giving permission for change. So imagine that all of us who are doing this meditation do this exercise in consciousness. It's important. Close your eyes, all of us. Take a deep breath into your body and ask your body to show you the exact point on your DNA 
where you hold the psychogenetic legacy of battles. It could look like a black spot or a shadow, a web, a tear. Just take a moment, let your body show it to you, however it comes to you to perceive on your DNA. You got it. Now, ask your higher self to show you the brightest, most radiant white light. And imagine that you are lasering that white light directly into that point of genetic inheritance for battles, for war, for dissension. And allow the brilliant white light to absolutely dissolve it off your DNA. And it's that fast. Just laser it in, dissolve it off. And now, command the trillions of cells of your body to record that you have dissolved that genetic inheritance, that you are free of it, that the mind of your cells will not hold it in its genetic fabric. And as you command that, take a deep breath into your body and feel a shift, a shift of freedom, a shift of peacefulness, of safety, of generosity, of love, of connection. Feel those energies flowing through your body now and radiate them out from you again, like a beacon, out into the world to all humanity. We are changed. We are one soul family. We are here together. And take a deep breath into your body and open your eyes. Again, I am grateful that you brought this conversation to all of us. And I hope that you will do it again and again and again, feeling that each time you're clearing a different point of reference because the battlement may be a global one that is echoed from your, again, distant relatives. It may be one that is how to argue. It could be in many forms. The more you do it, the more you'll be giving to this world the opportunity and the potential of a new way for humans to live together. I extend my love to each and all of you.